Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Crossview Church, welcome this morning as we begin the fourth week of our One Another series. We've been asking, what does it look like to interact in a way that represents Jesus the best? And so far, we've spent some time looking at the commands to love one another, to live in unity and harmony with one another. And last week, Pastor Holly shared with us about encouraging one another. Today, we're going to look at something that is so important for us in these days, but has been made more difficult during this global pandemic. We are going to look at Jesus' command to serve one another. Now, there's this fascinating story that's found in the Gospel of Mark, where the disciples are walking with Jesus, and they're arguing about who was going to be the greatest among them. And in answer to their question, Jesus explained to them in Mark chapter 10 that the greatest among you will be your servant. And he says this in Mark 10, starting in verse 43. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus was making clear that the greatest in God's kingdom comes through service. One thing that I hope that we're recognizing each week during this series is that the one another statements have the potential to really help us stand out from the world around us and give us the opportunity to put Jesus on display in a world in need. And right from the very beginning this week, I'd like to make this important observation. And the observation is this that service or servanthood is most meaningful and most powerful when it comes from the understanding of what we've been given in Jesus Christ. We talk about serving one another. We need to immediately recognize that service is an action that we take out of the freedom that we've been given in Christ. And I also want to emphasize again that each of our weeks in the One Another series builds on top of the foundation that we've laid in the previous weeks. In other words, serving one another is an outward expression of our ability to love one another, to be in harmony with one another, and one of the best possible ways to encourage one another. All things that we've looked at in the past three weeks. So let's dive into our main text this morning in Galatians, and let's look at what it tells us. It's Galatians 5, starting in verse 13. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So first, let's define service a bit. What does it mean to serve? And now this definition might sound familiar because uh, it's close to our week one definition of biblical love. Service or servanthood is the willingness to humble oneself and act for the benefit of another in the name of Jesus. So service or servanthood is to humble oneself and act for the benefit of someone other than you in the name of Jesus. It's an attitude of love followed by an action directed outward and empowered by the Holy Spirit. The great thing about service is that it really actually helps someone and it directly reflects the person, the character, and the nature of Jesus. And why does it do this? Because that's exactly what Jesus himself did. 
In Philippians 2, starting in verse 7, it says, Jesus made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. What is it that we just read in Mark 10, uh, verse 45? For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we are to serve one another in love, directly following the life that Jesus lived. In fact, we'll see in a moment that service is a big deal when it comes to experiencing meaningful relationship with Jesus. If you were called to Christ, then you've been called to serve. In Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has lovingly acted to gift us through faith with salvation and says that when we receive him, then we are God's handiwork created new in Jesus to to do, to participate in the good works which God has already prepared for us to do. So in part, we are saved so that we can do God's work. And and, uh, part of God's work is the willingness uh, to humble ourselves and act for the benefit of someone else in the name of Jesus. And it gets better as we move through the story of Scripture because we are not left on our own to do these works. Later when Jesus ascends, we're filled with God's Spirit. And being filled with the Spirit, each of us are uniquely gifted to serve one another in the love of Jesus. The hard part is that it's just easier for us to work for our own benefit, our own betterment, and our own blessing, right? I mean, we live in a time that praises and values individualism, individualistic understanding, achievement, and success. None of those things were part of the culture or the personal ethos of the first century believers. Shalom or the peace of God, the action of God on behalf of his people was a community-centered event. So our sinful nature pulls us to selfishness, wanting to see our own desires fulfilled, me over you, etc. That's one of the reasons it can be so difficult to truly in love and humility serve others. It can be a difficult task, and yet God, what he wants for his church is that we'll put him on display by caring about people and communities in which we find ourselves. We have been gifted by the spirit of the living God to serve one another. And when you do, you get, all, you get to experience God more completely. And it's so beautiful. So Paul writes in Galatians 5, You've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So in order to be a fully and effective servant, we have to use our freedom to serve in love, not seek our own wants and desires. And here's where Paul cautions us. He says that uh, that we've experienced this incredible freedom in Jesus, but that it is possible to use that freedom to fall back into the things which, which, which once bound us up. And it can happen. Look at what he says in the first verse of Galatians chapter 5. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again in the slavery to the law. In verse 13, again, he says, don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. 
One thing is sure in Galatians, the sinful nature is not free. It is enslaved to one futile desire after another in its effort to fulfill, to fill an emptiness which only Christ can fill. You cannot lovingly and with humility seek the best for someone else when you are fixated on satisfying the sinful nature. So don't surrender the freedom that you have in the all-satisfying Christ to return to the unsatisfying desires of a sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom as an opportunity to share about the overwhelming, all-consuming, completely satisfying uh, grace that we found in Jesus. Give to others out of that. Freedom, true freedom, is an exhilarating experience and one we want to share because we are fully, finally satisfied through the love of Jesus. Now in John chapter 13, we find this incredible scene where Jesus teaches us all what it means to live and to serve. And let's look at this together. John 13, starting in verse one. It was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Their king, their master, their Lord becomes in that moment their servant. And, it can, and, and we're reminded here in verse 6, he, he came to Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, Do you, not, you don't realize what I'm doing now, but later you will understand. <clears throat> no, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but wash my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have already had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had washed, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. There's so much to this incredible scene that it's just amazing. First is that Jesus takes off his robes of authority, that he takes off his rabbinical outer garments and he puts on the marks of a servant, washing the feet of the people who have come into, his ho- uh, into the house, his disciples. There's no pride here. There is complete and unashamed humility. And it's uncomfortable for the disciples. Service needs to incorporate deep humility. Not only does he put on the mark of a servant, the towel and the basin, but he actually begins to wash the feet of his disciples. He performs the action of a servant. 
Now, this didn't match the expectation of who Jesus was uh, and is uh, for the customs of the day. And so Peter refuses. What are you doing? You can't wash our feet. You can't serve us. And then Jesus says something so important. And we often miss that part. And again, let's look at it again. It starts in verse 7. You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. You do, do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. The one who created everything, the one who was with God in the beginning, the one who is God, uh, the, the, one, <clears throat> the only one who is to be praised 24-7 tells his disciples, unless you serve one another, <clears throat> and he's using the action of washing their feet here, then you have no part with me. And so for us, the story comes full circle. Do you want to be great in the kingdom of God? Do you want to see and experience the blessing of God in your life? And do you want to show those around you the love of Jesus? Well, the answer to all of that is to step into the position of a servant and with humility and love, work to better the lives of those around you. And it doesn't matter who you are. The example that Jesus sets uh, who at the dinner knew that God had put all things under his authority. It says that he loved them and he chose to take a lowly position and offer this great blessing to those who are around him. Wow, we should aspire to do the same, to be the same, to be like that. We want to be a church where people are served, cared for, and loved on. We need to be people full of the freedom that God offers us through his grace, willing to give it away in love to those who are desperately bound up and in need. We need to be people who are teeming with love and the freedom of God. And then just like the one that we follow, act knowing that it is by the power of God and for the sake of putting Jesus on display that we serve others. So what can you do today or tomorrow, this week, to serve someone else like that? It might take a time of, of prayer and reflection and you might ask, where am, I, where am I still bound up in things that are keeping me from fully experiencing the freedom that God has given me? Is there anything that's keeping you from serving others like Jesus did? With so much love that he was willing to take off his robes and wash someone's feet. Cross you this week, let's serve and love others with the same love and passion as that of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you offer us this incredible and wonderful blessed gift, this example, uh, this teaching from Galatians chapter 5 and this example in John 13, and we thank you. We thank you that you model for us um, that in those moments where even the disciples expected you to use your power and authority, you, you did so by putting on the garments of a servant changing perspective, softening hearts toward love and servanthood, and changing the world because of it. God, may you grip our hearts the same way the, the disciples' hearts were gripped in that moment when they saw you on your knees washing their feet. 
God, may we be filled with so much love for you and, and love for those around us. May we use our freedom that we have in your grace and forgiveness to uh, put you on display, to seek the well-being of others so that they might know that same love and your forgiveness and experience true freedom and a life with you. That is what we want. Help us in our, in our, uh, in our homes, with our neighbors, in our neighborhoods, in our communities. God, we want to be a bright light right now in these days where there's so much darkness and we need to be your example. Help us to think in those types of way, ways. We love you. We give you all the praise. We pray in your name. Amen. Thank you for being together this week. Let's continue in worship.